Hare Krishna, Hare Sari Prabhu. Please accept my uh, humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Please accept my humble obeisances. How are you this morning, or in your case, evening? Um, quite well. Thank you very much. Good, um, good. Um, I'd like to just start nice with uh, a, a general uh, topic uh, uh, announcement to our audience, uh, and, sure. and then I'll come back to you in a moment. Okay. Um, this own. is uh, a continuing series of the GBC strategic planning team. And what we're doing during this uh, uh, celebration of Srila Prabhupada's disappearance day is uh, inviting uh, nine devotees uh, to offer their realizations and their insights into a very, very important topic. Uh, and that is that Srila Prabhupada is the preeminent Shiksha guru for all of ISKCON, not just today, but for all of the existence of ISKCON. And uh, we have uh, three sessions today. Uh, we just uh, spent some time with Malati uh, Devi. We're now spending time with you. Uh, when we're uh, done together, we'll then uh, invite uh, Badri Narayan uh, Maharaj at uh, 7 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, tomorrow, we have three devotees also. And then the day after, we have three more devotees. So we have nine segments in this process of illuminating his divine grace as the pre-eminent uh, pre, uh, Shiksha Guru. Part of what the SPT is doing is also helping the devotees to become aware and uh, uh, cautious with this terrible COVID-19 uh, disease. And so, of course, part of our service is to remind devotees that safe practices, such as wearing a mask, keeping social distancing, washing their hands on a regular basis, and being very cautious with this, uh, with this disease is also part of what we're doing. So let's turn to you, Prabhu. Um, Maybe, you know, of course, you're, you're a famous devotee, obviously, and uh, your Transcendental Diaries have been read by thousands and thousands and thousands of devotees. And pretty much everybody knows you, but just tell us just briefly something about mm -hmm. your past uh, that, uh, that uh, might be uh, interesting to the devotees. Okay, well, I'll give a... Thank you for the introduction, Prabhu. I'll give a short uh, summary of uh, my last 45 years. Um, I was born and brought up in England, 1950. Uh, I left at the age of 20 to Australia. Uh, one, as soon as I arrived there, I met the devotees on the street selling back to Godheads. Uh, ten months later, I was in the temple. I joined the temple. And six weeks later, Prabhupada came and I got initiated. So that was in April of 72. Since then... Um, I've done a variety of services. I was fortunate to uh, be in the right place at the right time when Prabhupada came to Delhi in November 1975. Uh, I was asked to do his massage. That later on uh, extended to the full servant's duties, and I spent 16 months with Srila Prabhupada traveling on his, well, it was his last world tour, and mm. about a, we had about a year here in India, 
at the, um, let's see, in um, March of 1977, Prabhupada sent me back to Australia and a month later he made me the GBC there. Mm. And I did that service for about seven and a half years uh, up until the mid-80s. After that, um, I'd done a variety of services. I think the most significant one that I did, apart from writing uh, about my experiences and you know, I was keeping a diary whilst I was traveling with Prabhupada. So as you say, it's been fairly widely circulated. So I worked four or five years on that. I came to live in Mayapur in 1996 on a permanent basis. My Krishna's grace uh, was still here, so I'm happy about that too. Mm. Um, in 2009, we started a project in Calcutta uh, the Bhaktivedanta Research Center, uh, and that's running very well. Now uh, it's uh, supervised by devotees, scholars uh, from Mumbai and other places. Uh, me personally, because of health reasons, I had to give up the um, management of that project, but I'm still there as a trustee, so that's going on. And in the meantime, this last year, uh, I've been working on a second diary that I was keeping uh, just for the month of October of 1977, which, as you know, was the uh, last six weeks that Prabhupada spent uh, in Brindaban. So I was there for one month from the end of September to near the end of October. I was back in Australia when Srila Prabhupada physically left the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, but, of course, life goes on, and Prabhupada gave us all the facility and instructions that we need to uh, continue the work of expanding Lord Chaitanya's movement uh, as far and as wide as possible. Prabhupada's mm. ambition was that the whole planet would become Krishna conscious. So we've got plenty to keep us going for the next few lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Very nice. Thank you so much for that. Uh, it would just take one second more on the Bhaktivedanta sure. research. Uh, this project is tremendous, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. At this point, you have what six or seven thousand manuscripts of previous acharyas and their writings, and and yeah, as part actually, of that library, more than that, about eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand. Well, different, yes, different varieties of uh, books and manuscripts, etc. We have several hundred manuscripts that we went to. Uh, small temples and other places, libraries uh, throughout Bengal and Orissa. Uh, much of the uh, material that they have is rotting away. There are instructions from Prabhupada in 1972 to uh, <clears throat> photograph as much as possible all these old writings. So we've tried to do that. And Prabhupada also said that he wanted a first-class library in uh, Bombay. Uh, because he said the scholars can come and study Gaudiya Vaishnavism, become experts, uh, and then they'll become devotees. And then from them becoming devotees, they'll have more influence in convincing both the academic community and the general public that Lord Chaitanya's movement has all the information that's required uh, to become a full, uh, make our lives a success. Mm. So we... I worked on that for about nine years, 
because of some health reason, of course, as I say, I backed off from that management. And now uh, I'm working, I've nearly finished it. I have uh, a one volume, uh, which is called Back to Brindaban, which uh, is based on a, a second diary that I kept from uh, September 29 till the end of October. So that's still got to be put in print. It'll be going for editing, hopefully next week. <clears throat> so maybe we'll see that um, in next March for Gopunima. And then right. after that, I, I still have two volumes of the Transcendental Diary series left to do, and then that'll be it. Very good. So our topic of Srila Prabhupada, our preeminent Shiksha Guru, and uh, we're uh, coming to you for your realizations and for your understanding of this. Um, you and I uh, shared some thoughts about what you might be uh, speaking about uh, before uh, we got on our uh, video here. And I think your first topic has something to do with prashadam. And uh, uh, possibly from uh, the very beginning, maybe even going back to Nuvandavan or something like that. Please tell us about that. Right. Uh, yes. Uh, I actually, I have a series of seminars uh, on different topics uh, or aspects of devotional service, like chanting, uh, giddy worship, living in the Dharm, uh, cleanliness, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So one of those, um, one, one of those um, topics is prasadam. And uh, the reason why I got it, I, I fished it out tonight, uh, is because um, prashadam is not just a question of, you know, eating. <laughs> uh, Prabhupada actually says that prasadam is the yagya, uh, eating prasadam and distributing prasadam mm. is the yagya for this age. So uh, it's a very important topic. Prabhupada's instructions, if they're to be borne out, uh, are based on, you know, these different aspects of devotional life. So prasadam was a very vital part of Prabhupada's preaching and it's responsible for the success that he had uh, in attracting so many different uh, people from varieties of, uh, you know, social, uh, social life around the planet. So I'm going to read a little bit about this if you want to butt in and ask questions or um, tell me that I'm going on for too long, just let me know. But uh, there's one particular verse from the uh, Majalila, chapter 3, which uh, has always struck me as being very important for all the members of Prabhupada's society. So this is text 203. Acharya Shraddha Bhakti Griha Sampada Dhanai Sakala Safala Hayala Prabhura Aradhane. Excuse my pronunciation. So the uh, translation of that uh, is that in this way, all the opulences of Advaita Acharya, his faith, devotion, home, riches, and everything else, was successfully utilized in the worship of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now, in the purport, Prabhupada uh, brings in this aspect. Prasadam. He says, if one has the proper means and wealth, we should he should occasionally invite the devotees of Lord Chaitanya 
who were engaged in preaching all over the world and hold a festival at home simply by distributing prasadam and talking about Krishna during the day and holding congregational chanting for at least three hours in the evening. This procedure must be adopted in all centers of the Krishna consciousness movement. Now, the next paragraph has always struck me as being very, very significant. Uh, Prabhupada goes on, he says, one should worship Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <clears throat> and his four associates, the Panchatattva, by distributing prasadam and holding congregational chanting. Indeed, that yagya or sacrifice is most recommended in this age of Kali. In this age, other yagnas are not possible to perform, but this yagya can be performed everywhere and anywhere without difficulty. So it's interesting, Prabhupada says that prasadam distribution is the yagya for this age, mm. along with, uh, alongside of chanting. And of course, we know that that's how Prabhupada began the whole movement, uh, not by necessarily giving so many lectures, uh, but by attracting people through the uh, tongue. <laughs> mm. So uh, Prabhupada, when I traveled Prabhupada, he often mentioned about the early days when they were living in 26th Second Avenue um, and how things developed on the basis that Prabhupada's main function uh, was at that time to cook uh, a nice feast every week and do the cooking during the day, every day, and about 15 or 20 men would come and join him just to eat. When Prabhupada, and then Prabhupada says that when they got purified a little bit, then he started giving more and more philosophy and things grew from there. So... Um, this is June the 21st, 1976. Prabhupada was headed for New Brindaban. You were at the beginning, you mentioned that. So that's mm. the one that I started with. And um, I've written it down here. Although it was a 90 minute drive to New Brindaban, the ride was comfortable. And as we progressed smoothly along the highway, Prabhupada kept up a running conversation. He reflected on the fallen condition of modern man telling Kitten and Anna Maharaj his comparison of the dogs running on four legs and men running on four wheels. Mm -hmm. He said that the only, <laughs> the only way to save them was to start with the basics and then after some time, when they become a little purified, give some philosophy. He reminded Kitten and Anna that he, this had been his program right from the beginning. He said, you all have this experience. This is the only way. I started this movement on this determination. I'll give them prasadam, nice chanting, and they will not come. They must come. This was my determination. And I began with this. So this is the only way. Give them a chance. No talk. Please come. Chant and dance with us and take Krishna prasadam and go home. <laughs> so Prabhupada was very practical. He wasn't going to churn out philosophical debates at this point. He wanted to purify people so that they could understand the philosophy. So Kirtan and Andrew reflected that it was just 10 years ago since he had first met Prabhupada. So this was 76. They met Prabhupada in 66. 
Prabhupada gave one of his endearing little sideways nods of assent. He said, yes, I never said that you have to give up this, you have to do that. I never said. Then gradually, Chaito Dharpa Namajanam, when the heart becomes cleansed, then a little, there is no hopelessness. So a short, short, uh, after a short while, Kitten and Ender produced some cartons of prasadam from the new Brindavan kitchens, puri, sabji, samosa, and various milk sweets. I thought Prabhupada would just try a, mors a morsel to oblige the devotees, but to our delight, he had me spread out the preparations on the back seat of the car, and he took a, li a little of everything. He enjoyed them, and he encouraged us to take some also. He praised Kitten and Andrew as a good cook and told us, so this was my dream, that a place should be there where we can get all nice foods, best foods of milk. Krishna is fulfilling our desire. Everything is there. These rascals, they do not know how to live or to eat. Intelligence is there. Everything is there. But simply for want of training, they have become Vrindavan rogues. Make them human beings, your countrymen. So that was Prabhupada's, you know, right from the very beginning. He knew exactly what he, he wanted to achieve and how to achieve it. Mm. And um, basically, like an animal is tamed by feeding them, uh, in the same way <laughs> Prabhupada tamed all these wild young men, high on LSD or whatever else they were taking, uh, just by pleasing their tongues. Mm. Once their tongues were uh, come in contact with prasadam and they got purified, then they could start chanting. Mm. So we see this as Prabhupada's principle uh, all over the world. That was how this movement spread, actually. So there's a couple of Wonderful, examples. wonderful story. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Sure. Was there, was there ever a time, even once, that when Srila Prabhupada had a guest to come and see him, that he didn't offer that guest prasadam? Um, not that I know of. The, not that I know of. The system was... Uh, so uh, tell us about how he would receive gifts as it relates then to prasadam. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, at least some arrangement must be there. Uh, so at least in India, there was always some darshan in the afternoon. Uh, mm. Indian people are familiar with that. Prabhupada would sit in his room and entertain people uh, with talks on philosophy for maybe one, two, or even three hours sometimes. Uh, and um, he had that was one of the first services that he gave me personally was to sit at the door with a jar full of para. Uh, it's a sweet suite that I think Brindaban is especially noted for. And um, anybody that came in or went out, uh, Prabhupada insisted that they had to be given a, this suite uh, to take with them. So mm. Prashadam was very much a part of uh, his preaching there. And if we didn't have... Uh, some stock there to hand out to the uh, guests, Prabhupada would be very not pleased, let's say. Mm. So that was a, an important part of his preaching was everybody must get at least some prasadam, even if it's a small suite, uh, because 
a discussion of philosophy, it can be easily forgotten. But prasadam will always act to purify the person. So prasadam distribution is also in accordance with Vedic etiquette, that a guest must always be offered a place to sit and a little refreshment, no matter who he may be. So as always, Prabhupada was the perfect host uh, in uh, holding these darshans. Now there's one darshan that he had in Mayapur. Uh, all the devotees had come from the West uh, and other places uh, to attend the festival. And uh, so in the afternoons, the people would gather up in Prabhupada's rooms, eager to get as much association with uh, his divine grace as possible. Many have worked hard all year round, selling books and doing other temple duties. And their visit to the Holy Dham, and especially the opportunity to see Srila Prabhupada, makes it all worthwhile. So March the 12th, this evening, <coughs> sorry, this evening was no exception. The atmosphere could not have been more congenial. Prabhupada was very relaxed and enjoyed the company of his faithful disciples. He is always aware and deeply appreciative of the sacrifices that they are making on his behalf. Although he is our spiritual master, our instructor in every aspect of life, his dealings with us are full of respect and compassion. A few minutes with Srila Prabhupada can change anyone's life. Mm -hmm. Someone brought in some sweets to be handed out, so I put them to one side. Prabhupada glanced over concerned as ever that his guests should receive a little prasadam. Oh, you are not distributing, he said. So I said, well, there's so many devotees, I thought I would give the sweets out when everybody leaves. They will never leave, Prabhupada said, laughing. And all the devotees cheered, Jai Shila Prabhupada. So even a few simple words from him are enough to completely capture everyone's heart. So <laughs> that was as I say, mainly in India, but uh, sometimes in the West as well. Mm. Mm. Uh, now, I'm just... So what uh, What about special guests? Were there special right. guests okay. that got prashadam? And, and would he sometimes even take prashadam with those special guests? Yeah. Um, actually, let me just find my place here. Um there's a couple that I'll mention. There's a lot more, but uh, one special guest that came uh, in March of 76 was Mr. Alan Coleman. Now, those of you that have read about the early days of the movement may know that Alan Coleman was the uh, record producer, uh, recorder and producer of, um, what was the name of that? Um, Happening, Happening Records. So he, at the end of 66, had invited Srila Prabhupada to come to his studio and make an album. So their first Hare Krishna album was made by Alan Coleman. Mm. Now, for various reasons, uh, at one point, Alan was a little interested in Krishna consciousness himself and wanted to start some business up uh, with, uh, I think, Gargamuni Prabhu uh, to earn or make money uh, for the movement, and he would make some for himself also. But Prabhupada didn't like the idea of a non-devotee uh, 
you know, being part of our uh, money making. Mm. So in 76, again, nearly 10 years later, after the making of that album, Alan Coleman suddenly turned up in New Delhi. So it was very interesting because the fact was that Alan had never paid any royalty to Shula Prabhupada for making the record. Uh, and it, that was a, another kind of point of contention, I guess. Uh, but now, 10 years later, he suddenly pops up in New Delhi. So an unexpected visitor turned up in the afternoon, Mr. Alan Coleman from New York. He produced Prabhupada's first Harry Krishna record in 1966. He arrived with a lady friend, and at long last, he gave Prabhupada the royalties from the record sales. They amounted to about uh, 1,70,000 rupees, uh, to which he added a personal donation of $2,000. Although not a devotee, it was obvious that he has great admiration and respect for Shula Prabhupada. And Prabhupada, in turn, was very happy to see him, greeting him as an old friend. He had his guests sit while we fed them sumptuous prasadam. As they ate, Prabhupada chatted very amicably with them and would not let them go until they had eaten everything. He smiled brightly all the while, clearly delighting his guests. He is expert at entertaining and encouraging people to increase their devotional service to the Supreme Lord. So that was Alan, uh, another well-known guest. Uh, probably the most famous person on the planet at that time was George Harrison. Mm. So in the summer of 76, uh, George uh, came to visit the man and Prabhupada had written him a letter uh, saying that I'll be there at such and such a time. Uh, it would be a pleasure to see you. So George agreed. Uh, when Prabhupada first arrived in London in July, uh, he was quite sick for two or three days. He spent most of his time resting in bed uh, he got a very like flu condition and it really knocked him down so on Ju july 26 uh, that was the date set for george's visit and Prabhupada uh, had called me in in the morning he said when i'm i'm staying in bed but when george comes you wake me up so i thought you know when that happens Prabhupada will get out of his bed and come into the sitting room to receive George. Uh, but actually, um, he was still feeling quite ill. And so he was resting in, in bed when George arrived. There's a standing rule that Srila Prabhupada is never to be woken for any reason. But for George, Prabhupada made an exception. I went into the bedroom and informed him that George had arrived. Yes. Bring him in immediately, Prabhupada said. And then rather than come to the sitting room, he sat up in bed to talk to George. When he entered, Prabhupada had a seat brought for him and instructed us to feed him some prasadam. So they actually, the ladies had cooked a big feast for, uh, just for George. So Prabhupada had them all come into the bedroom. George was sat down on the floor cross-legged with a table in front, small table in front of him. And then they served him out all the preparations under Prabhupada's direct supervision. So some of the senior men were there. Mukunda was there. Gurudas was there. 
Bella Gopal was there, Dan and Jaya and others. Uh, I hope I'm forgiven for not mentioning everybody. So Prabhupada engaged him in a light conversation as they ate. And that was the technique that Prabhupada had. When you're eating, you don't deal with any uh, situation or talk which causes uh, anxiety. And the idea is that when a person eats, he should be meditative, he should be calm, and then his digestive system will work properly uh, and he should not be disturbed. So Prabhupada was very good at just bringing a light conversation as they ate. And at the same time, he was supervising the uh, serving of the prasadam. So noting which preparations George had a taste for, he told us to give him more. At the same time, he kept him at ease with sweet words. Hare Krishna. Oh, you give him two more samosas. He likes them. Yes. And all the boys and girls, he told George, are so nicely qualified for Krishna's service. So George expressed pleasure at seeing his old friends. They're looking better and better off every time. It is nice for me to see Gurudas, George said. He's turning into a mountain. <laughs> it was quite portly by that time, um, by the grace of Prashana. So George ate steadily with Prabhupada, ensuring that he had enough. When he offered more samosas, George laughed. No, I, I, I've got plenty, thanks. So Prabhupada also laughed. Prasadam, we can eat it up to the neck. There is no harm. You will never get indigestion. You've got some fruits. Prabhupada continued to encouraging, in, encourage him, offering cauliflowers, mango drink, and other preparations. Just take a little. George was doing his best, responding warmly to Prabhupada's hospitality. I can't finish, he left. He said that he had been sick with jaundice recently, and he had turned yellow, and his liver had been affected. He thought that he had contracted it from eating Chinese takeaway food. Prabhupada advised him to cook simple foods for him just for himself. So as the conversations I want to do, there's meandered from one subject to another. Prabhupada mentioned our growing number of Govinda's restaurants, and he asked George if he had met Ambarish. At that time, Prabhupada had met Ambarish and Shrutakirti Prabhu about starting up a new restaurant in Boston, and Prabhupada very much encouraged him to do that. Eventually, it didn't get done, but uh, that was his idea. And he wanted restaurants uh, all over the planet so that people would eat the prasadam and be purified. So Prabhupada also filled him in on the successful New York Rathiatra. Uh, we had just come from New York. They had the first Rathiatra there. Prabhupada was extremely pleased with that. So Prabhupada also told him about the Mayapur project. He said, we are just attempting a big planetarium in Mayapur. We've asked the government to acquire land, 350 acres. Good news is, of course, that uh, after a visit from the chief minister, he lasts uh, 700 acres for our project. That's been given mm -hmm. a special exemption. So th this time in 76, Prabhupada was after 350 acres. We ended up getting twice as many. So that negotiation is going on, he told George. We shall have a Vedic planetarium. Gurudas furnished some of the details. 
the planetarium will be 350 feet high and show the cosmology of the spiritual world. Prabhupada added, the construction will be like your Washington capital, like that. What, a big dome? George asked. Yes, Prabhupada said. Estimated eight crores of rupees. Then Prabhupada offered him some more dal and fruit. George was grinning as he said, oh, very good, fantastic. Maybe just a little bit of this or, no, no, thanks, that's enough, I'm really full. Uh, that's fine, that's fine. Prabhupada smiled. That watermelon, you can give it, it is sweet, uh, it, it is water. So Prabhupada asked George if he was reading his books at all. George said that he was, mainly the Krishna book. Mukunda gave me the new books, he said, but there's so much in them, there's so much, just so much to read. I don't know how anybody could have written it. It's difficult enough just to read it. <laughs> Prabhupada acknowledged his appreciation. He said, sometimes they are surprised how one man can write so many books, but it is Krishna's grace, he said humbly. Otherwise, it is not possible. For a human being, it is not possible. As they chatted, Prabhupada, Prabhupada ensured a steady flow of prasadam. Prajumya, give him a little of this one, uh, this one here. No, no, please, no more, George left. I'm really full. I won't have to eat for a few days. So this was the signal for the finale. Sweets, Prabhupada offered. George smiled and conceded. Very well. <laughs> Sweet, the sweets will help you digest, Prabhupada said. To the server, he instructed, don't give three, at least four. With George protesting that he would not be able to eat much more, Prabhupada explained, three is given to the enemy. According to our Indian system, if you give somebody three, that means that he is an enemy. George was a little surprised. Oh, really? I always like the number three. While waiting to be served some fruit, Prabhupada listed three enemies, calm, crowd, and loba, lust, anger, and greed. Mm. But there's a lot of good threes, nice threes, George said. Prabhupada agreed. Yes, just like Brahma, Vishnu, and Maheshwar, and three worlds, Shankar, Marcha, uh, Padma, Trinity. So these are nice things. <laughs> so Prabhupada made one point, yeah, but... You know, he wasn't going to push it or argue about it. He immediately agreed with his guest's uh, mm. observation as well. So George gallantly tackled the sweets. As he downed one final one, he declared, my compliments to the chef. While we cleared away the small tables and pots, Prabhupada thanked George for coming. He said, I'm so very much pleased that you have taken so much trouble to come here. So that's what we've got for a special guests. Mm. Uh, but you can see how Prabhupada used prasadam as a tool for preaching. Uh, yeah, wonderful. So, yeah, he was so expert. And, so, uh, so uh, let's uh, let's shift to current day. Today's ISKCON. <laughs> and yeah. tell me, are we? How are we doing with regard to Prashadam? We have our preeminent Shiksha Guru who is giving us real clear understanding that Prashadam is an essential element of our movement. Are we doing well? 
Are we sometimes not? Where are we at with Prashadam? How are we doing in, in terms of following Srila Prabhupada's example? Right. Um, I'm just going to jump ahead on my notes here a second. Um, there was um, a Kumbh Mela in 1977 where um, Prabhupada went there the mid-January and his intention was to stay for several weeks. They built a big pandal uh, and um, a lot of devotees came from Mayapur and Bombay. So we were, Prabhupada was hoping for a lot of uh, preaching work. But as it turned out, the uh, pandal that we had was not properly organized, the tents, and they didn't have any prasadam uh, to distribute to the millions of people that were coming for the Kumbh Mela. Mm. So Prabhupada was uh, kind of not very happy that things were not managed properly. Uh, we left early after about four days. Uh, we got a night train to Calcutta. And on the night train, uh, Rameshwar Prabhu was the um, uh, Prabhupada's secretary at that time. So Prabhupada dictated uh, to Rameshwar uh, a letter for all the temple pre ISKCON temple presidents. So as we zoomed along in the middle of the night there on the train, Prabhupada sent this letter. He says, please accept to all temple presidents, please accept my blessings. Now you must arrange in each temple, there must be sufficient stock of prasadam for distribution. You can keep first class cooks, two or three, and they should always be engaged. Whenever a guest comes, he must get prasadam. This is this arrangement must be made that the cooks prepare 10 or 20 servings at a time of puri and subji, and you can add a halava and pakuras, and the visitors must be supplied immediately. Whenever a gentleman comes, he must be served. As the 20 servings are being distributed, immediately the cooks prepare another 20 servings and store it. At the end of the day, if no one comes, our own men uh, will take it, so there is no loss. You cannot say, oh, it's finished. Oh, it's not cooked yet. Oh, there's no supply for cooking, etc. This must be enforced rigidly. The temple is managed by Srimati Radharani, Lakshmiji. So why should there be any want? Our philosophy is, if anyone comes, let him take prasadam, chant Hare Krishna, and be happy. Everything is being supplied by Krishna. Krishna is not poor, so why should we deny them? This should be done at any cost. There is no difficulty. It simply requires uh, nice management. At the end of the day, you may sell or give away. If we believe that Krishna is providing and maintaining everything, then why should we, we should be misers? This means losing faith in Krishna and thinking that we are the doers and suppliers. We are confident Krishna will supply. Let the whole world come. We can feed them. So please do this nicely and begin at once. Hoping this meets you in all good health. Your ever well-wisher AC Bhaktivedanta Swami. So that letter, very important instructions that there should always be prasadam available whenever for any visitor uh, whenever they may come. So I don't know, your question was, how do you think we're doing? 
uh, I think in some places we're doing fantastically well, um, at least here in uh, India, uh, in between Delhi and Mumbai, they're providing 1.2 million plates of prashadam uh, every day. Mm. So that prashadam distribution is going on. Um, here in Mayapur, every day now, we feed about four or 5,000 of the local villages. Mm. This has been going on all this year because of the problems with the virus, etc. People have been impoverished. They've lost their work. They've lost their jobs. So we're feeding them a plate a day. And every day we, they announce uh, how much has been distributed and to what places. So there's five or six villages in our immediate area. And every day our devotees go and about four or 5,000 plates of prashadam are served every day. Mm. So, um, you know, that, that's very nice. And Mayapur has always been, of course, the recipient of uh, funds from the West, uh, especially when we had the, uh, what's the name of that, uh, Food for Life program, collecting right. money in the West and then sending that money. Uh, there was a record that was produced that when it was sold, then the Lakshmi that was liberated from the sale, that would, was supposed to be sent here to uh, India. And especially here in Mayapur, Prabhupada wanted sumptuous or at least some kind of prasadam must be served to all our guests. Mm. So I, I don't know about the West. I have no experience there. But um, at least here in India, it's going on pretty nicely. Mm. Great. So we're getting pretty close to the end of our time together. Uh, maybe you could uh, just give us a few final words on the importance of prashadam as it relates to following Srila Prabhupada's instructions. Uh, you've illuminated it in so many ways. Um, maybe just uh, give us a finish up on it. Um, well, I was, I was thinking about something else. Maybe I can say that. Yeah, um, go ahead. It's I want, fine. Th this is a strate what, strategic planning initiative. Is that right? Well, in general, we're the strategic planning team. And, and right. uh, yeah. So I do want to say that when you first started uh, this uh, restructuring or re-education, you like, or improvement of ISKCON, um by the SPT is it that's right um, I was quite cynical I, w I was in America at the time I think and I read uh, some proposals you know that the GBC should take uh, take up reorganizing what they were doing uh, and I was quite you know kind of cynical that they would I thought it was just going to be a lot of talk and nothing else as we'd already seen for years and years no improvement about four or five years later i was in bombay and you were having your uh, meeting with the gbc and your spt team uh, and i was actually quite shocked to see the mood of cooperation uh, and uh, the uh, attitude of the gbc's in being eager to learn how to improve their preaching uh, i remember when i was on the gbc uh, there was not one day that went past in our meetings when somebody didn't get upset 
start shouting at everybody and and stomp out of the room uh, only to return later on in the day with their heads down of course we even had a, a wax candle uh, in those days it was popular amongst some of the temples to sell this uh, paraphernalia yeah candles right ca candles so <laughs> we had them in australia and i brought to the gbc meetings one one year i think maybe 82 i brought a, uh, one of these candles in the shape of a dog and whenever anybody got you know too uh, energetic <laughs> in their <laughs> in their discussions we would give them the mad dog <laughs> award <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've come a long way since then thank god um <laughs> you know gbc meetings in those days were quite uh, you know let's say they were, they were the opposite of subdued um but so the work my heartfelt feeling is is that the work that you're doing is vital for the survival of iscon uh, not just maintaining it but you know enlivening it all the members to go out and continue spreading krishna consciousness all around the world i think that actually you've done a quite a brilliant job in giving shape and form as the movement grows bigger and bigger i mean we have millions of people now coming through our temples uh somehow or another you've been able to get you know civilize the gbc uh and the devotees and uh it's really um, impressive. I really think that uh, Krishna's working through the SPT to make sure that this movement doesn't collapse and crumble away. It's played a vital role. I think the role is going to increase, just like this seminar that you're doing now or these interviews that you're doing now. These are very, very important that devotees understand, you know, where we're coming from, what we have to do, and where are we going. Uh, so uh, I want to personally thank you uh, because actually you're the guy that's made all of this possible. I think that, that I, I, I think maybe we've gone far on this. Actually, <laughs> it, the fact is it's 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 a, a large team of uh, devotees, and and I'm just one of them. And and second is that uh, you know we're very grateful to the GBC that they are uh, engaging us and uh, allowing us to do some service that might be helpful. So, you know, really, we're, we're not really leading. Uh, we're just serving. And if we are doing anything, maybe we're uh, pushing a little bit from behind. Uh, you know, His Holiness Bhakti Churu Maharaj would often say that, that the strategic planning team doesn't lead us. We have always taken the attitude that we push from behind. So that's our position. We're behind, not in front. <laughs> well, whatever. But, uh, we is. have run out of time, Hari, sorry, Prabhu, and uh, we okay. have another session coming up at seven. So I want to thank you so much for uh, illuminating this topic and speaking so nicely. It's been really wonderful spending time with you. Um, and, I, and of course, personally, the nice comments that you offered uh, yeah, I, I I feel the best thing to say is all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Yes, it's Prabhupada's mercy that we're all pushing on with. So, yeah. all right. So, right. thank you very much. Thank I'm you very so much. Happy to speak.
Glory to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Ki Jai. Jai. Okay, I think that went very well, Prabhu.